Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Passing Dimes. Really excited for today's guest. He grew up playing for the Georgetown Impact and Pac-Man Volleyball Club. He's already represented Canada at U21 Worlds and did very well at a Beach Canada Cup. We hope to bring that tournament back very soon. And he's currently playing indoor at the University of Windsor. Please welcome to the show, Josh Tamukas. Josh, thanks for doing this, man. Well, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Big fan. So with you being a Georgetown guy, I think this is an argument we're going to have to have someday is I can't hear enough about how Georgetown per capita might be Canada's volleyball mecca right now. And what I mean by that is uh, you've represented Canada at Worlds. You played with another Georgetown cat and Stephen Abrams, Stephen's brother. Robbie played at Worlds. Uh, Jake McNeil's been on the national team for as long as I can remember. Uh, Caitlin Wark had an awesome uh, post-secondary career. I think the Veltmans aren't technically from Georgetown, but maybe we'll claim them. Like, it just seems like there's a ton of players coming from Georgetown. So what is it about this community that is just so into sports and so into volleyball? Well, for me, I think what it is is like the middle school um, teachers. They, a lot of them are club coaches at the uh, Georgetown Impact Volleyball Club. Like my gym teacher growing up in public school and middle school, Tim Davis is a, uh, coach for Georgetown Impact and yeah just like all the teachers they introduced us to volleyball really young and like volleyball I always say it's a sport like once you play it you're gonna want to keep playing because it's so much fun right so um yeah I definitely say it's the uh the teaching environment for sure were you into many other sports or playing anything else at maybe like a rep level before you discovered club volleyball yeah, funny story, actually. I was a big baseball guy growing up. My dad and brother were big baseball players, too. So, And at my first rep volleyball tryout, I had a baseball tryout the same evening. And um, like I just loved the volleyball tryout so much. My dad was like, well, you're going to have to choose to play rep volleyball or rep baseball. And then I went to the uh, baseball tryout and was like, all right, I'm just going to sandbag this. I'm not really going to try too hard. So I just kind of goofed off for the whole baseball tryout. I wanted to play volleyball so bad. So that's kind of my little fun story about how I stopped playing high-level baseball. No way. Does your dad ever bring that story up anymore? Oh, I never told my dad. I hope he's not listening. He's going to that one. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. And what, uh, what age were you at that point? I think 14 you was maybe your intro to club volleyball? Yeah, it was 14U. Um, it was technically a 13 slash 14U team. It was mostly comprised of 13U players, but the coach wanted to play 14Us because uh, they didn't have the, uh, I think it's called triple ball system in 13U, where they like serve free ball, free ball or whatever. And he was like, no, I just want to play volleyball. So we're going to do only 14U tournaments. So. And when you look back at that squad, was that the squad who would eventually make it to 18U? Like how many of those guys would be considered like core guys? Uh, it was me and Josh Pereira were the only two on that team, actually, because Steven Abrams and Chris Bowen were on the year on the 15U team when they were 14U. So, yeah, Georgetown Impact didn't really have like a our age team until we were in like until they were made in 16U when the whole Pac-Man story happened. So nice. And for anyone who doesn't know what that we'll, we'll get into it, but that's on the Robbie and Steve episode that we'll get into in a second here. So um <laughs> If you had to think back, because obviously like you're you're getting up there in terms of like public school age or entering high school and you make the switch from a sport like baseball to volleyball, what got you hooked? Was it just that once your skills got good enough in volleyball, you figured out how like fun and athletic this can be? Because uh, I'm glad you mentioned you had really good middle school coaches, but sometimes gym class volleyball doesn't feel like volleyball as much as like when you're, you actually get to like jump and start clubbing balls, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean... I knew in grade seven that I was going to have a knack for volleyball because of my height. And I was one of the only uh, kids my age starting on the seven and eight team. 
And then when I got to grade eight, I could actually spike the ball down and in the court. So and I did it like the first few times and I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like, I, I love this. And uh, yeah, I just never looked back from there as soon as I could hit the ball pretty much. And a lot of coaches will say uh, baseball transfer is pretty good to volleyball in terms of the arm swing. Did you feel that right away? Like, do you think there is a transfer that if you, if you play baseball growing up, you kind of have that skill acquired that you, you understand how your arm kind of works in space and you can generate that like whip feel? Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're two very similar movements. It's just that one, you're in one, you're holding the ball and then releasing it, but in the other, you're just swinging straight through the ball. And I think, yeah, the pitching trans transfers really well, but also just like the concept of like hitting a ball in baseball converted to volleyball works really well too. Cause, uh, yeah, that's just the way I feel. Um, the arm swings transfer pretty easily. Nice. Nice. So as your club career is developing, uh, what caused the switch for you to drive down the road a little bit and play for Pac-Man? So in my 15 year year, I was still with the year younger squad playing year up tournaments. And, uh, that year there was kind of like a mix up with the scheduling. So we, so I didn't get to play in provincials at all, uh, which sucked that year. But, um, I knew like one of my friends, Josh Pereira was playing for Pac-Man that year. And he was like, Oh coach, like saw you at one of the tryouts and really liked you and that sort of stuff. So I went and tried out and made the team. And I thought that it would be really good for my development, even though I might need to uh, miss out on playing with my friends a little bit, which also sucked a little, uh, quite a bit, but, uh, I got to play with them in the later years, which was awesome. So it was, uh, yeah, I just thought it was really good for my development. It wasn't too far, just like a 20 minute ish drive. So yeah, I thought it was a pretty good transition for me. Did you feel like it was a rivalry? Like if you saw each other at tournaments or obviously you guys had a, a pretty good battle at provincials, like, but what was it different wearing a different Jersey when you saw those guys in a hallway or you knew you were going to play them? Oh, hundred percent. I saw all those guys at school all the time too. Like Steven, Josh and uh, John Dunning and Chris Bowen. Also, I saw all of them all the time and they would just give me an earful about how oh, you're on Pac-Man. We're going to crush you at provincials. We're going to crush you. So, and so, and so. So, uh, yeah, that was always, uh, yeah, love some good friendly banter with the boys. And what is your version of the story? Because obviously, uh, Robbie is a heck of a storyteller, and he goes into this theatrical story about how, you know, nobody in the world thought Georgetown could get it done, and they were going against Goliath, and they got you on the ropes. And I mean, he probably still watches the game at least once every three or four months now. But uh, in your perspective, with Pacman prepping for that match, obviously, you don't want to take anyone lightly, and it is provincial championships. But like, did you view it as this huge match that they hyped it up to be? Oh man, I was the most dialed for that game ever. Like I, I needed to be because they were giving me earfuls on earfuls before the match. And I was like, I can't let this happen. And then, uh, so yeah, there was a lot of pressure on me because I was like, there's no way this is going to happen. Right. And then, uh, come the second set, they just get on a huge roll. Steven Spencer's like eight balls in a row. And yeah, that's the end of it. I mean, also I want to bring this up. So Luke Anastase, who's my teammate now on, uh, Windsor, he was on that Pac-Man team with me as well. And uh, I think it's like 23 all. And Luca just absolutely bounces this ball. But we didn't see it. But a ball all rolled on the court right behind us. We would have went up 24-23. Luca bounced this ball. But no, it's called a reserve because there's a ball that rolls on the court. So And then, uh, yeah, Georgetown uh, steals a couple points. And then they win the second set. So I wanted to bring that up because uh, no one seems to talk about that. 
I'm sure when Robbie watches it again, he can look for that moment and find it on video. So uh, a <laughs> bit, bit of a heartbreaker. They go on their Cinderella run. Uh, Steve actually refuses to tell me what happened the rest of the tournament. It seems like the event peaked in the quarterfinals there. But uh, the, the following year, you choose to return home and play for Impact again. Um, is that just something that you felt came natural in playing club volleyball in that area? Is every year at tryouts, you kind of got to find a new roster? Or you made it a point that you wanted to go back and play for Georgetown? Um, I always had it in my mind that I wanted to go back and play as long as I could play in my own age group. And, and we got enough guys to do that. And it was really great that summer. We went to Madawaska for the first time and we were rooming with uh, three guys from Mac Volleyball Club. So Nick Gumienik, Noah Romero Marshall, and Gage McCurdy. They were all from Mac Volleyball Club uh, in Oakville, Hamilton area. And we were like all oh, boys, like, like they, they were just awesome. Like we clicked right away. We became really good friends right away. And that week, anyone who's ever been to Madawaska knows how special that week of the summer is. Um, so upon returning, we like keep in touch and we're like, Hey, we're having Georgetown impact tryouts coming up soon. Like you guys shouldn't make the drive down and consider it maybe. And then they're like, yeah, I don't know. Like we got a good thing going at Mac sort of thing. And some, somehow we convinced them. And then, uh, they came to the tryout. Chris Bowen set Noah in the middle at 50, and he just crushes this ball just straight down and bounces to this almost the ceiling. I, I That's how I remember it. At least probably not that high, but and uh, he turns around and he's like, yeah, I might be convinced in uh, playing for this club next year <laughs> just because <laughs> Bowen was absolutely just slinging him butter. Um, but yeah, so we, uh, we got those three guys uh, joining our club that year and uh, one of our buddies, Cam, who went to the uh, Catholic school in Georgetown, uh, he was a setter, really good guy, still one of my best friends to this day. And uh, yeah, so uh, we got uh, enough guys to play on the team. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm back. Nice. So you guys are building, you're adding new guys. And then uh, not to glance over it, but to jump ahead to your 18 new year, you guys had a big year. Like, did it feel like when that team got put together, like this is a team who can do some damage at provincials and nationals? Like, were you looking around the rest of the province kind of going like, yeah, I know Pac-Man has Cole and they're going to pick up Jackson Young and they have Trent and all the other guys. But did you guys feel like you were going to be a big threat that year? Well, we, we felt it for sure, especially about especially after the heartbreaking loss and uh, nationals in the 17 new year, 16, 14 in the quarters is a tough way to go out. Um so yeah, we knew we had to bounce back big time and we added a couple of big pieces with Noel Campins and Blake Fenwick, who are pretty big OUA uh, names right now. So those were huge pickups for us. Um, their club ended up folding. So we were glad to be friends with them from Beach. And um, but yeah, we, we knew we were going to do some damage that year. We weren't going to settle for another quarterfinals loss. And uh, that was the year Mac Robinson, who's uh, most famous, uh, famous from Madawaska, but most famous, I think, from Hummer College. He became the head coach of the squad, right? Yeah, and he was also our uh, coach at Madawaska that summer. And he and uh, yeah, Mac is just an absolute great guy. I can't speak enough about him. Like, just great coach, great guy. Um, whenever I see him at the Humber Cup, uh, we missed out on it this year. But last year when we saw him at the Humber Cup, he's always like, just comes up and talk to us. Such, such a good guy. And what can you say about his style that kind of pushed the team, uh, excuse me, not single-handedly, but it definitely contributed to pushing the team over the top? Or like you said, it was a tough quarterfinals loss, but now like you're, I believe you finished second at Provincials uh, in your 18 year, right? Yeah, we finished second at Provincials and Nationals, losing to Pac-Man both times. Um, but yeah, um, I think just like the trust that we had in Mac, because we knew that we knew him 
from Madawaska and we knew that he was a collegiate level coach. So we definitely had a lot more trust in him than our previous coach who I will not name. Um, but yeah, it was just, we, we trusted him and we knew that he knew what he was talking about. So it was just like at every practice we were dialed and he knew how to like be boys with us and goof off and stuff like that when the time was right. But he also knew how to dial things in and take, take it seriously, which was also really great. Now, I apologize for not doing better research for the show. Obviously, I know you had the, the big back and forth with Pacman there because I got to commentate the final actually with Stephen's brother, Robbie. But uh, who else were you battling in the OVA that was like a Pred Strong or Mav Strong? Or like when you went to an 18U Premier Tournament, uh, who were giving you like the toughest matches? Um, definitely Storm. I want to mention Storm was a was a very tough team. They had uh, Eric Sixna, Duncan Clark, uh, Dax Tompkins. They had a bunch of big trees on uh, on their team. And we didn't end up basing them at Provincials because um, I think they had a blip in pool play where they split with Mac. So they got put on the other side of the bracket, which was pretty good for us. I mean, we <laughs> had a nice, uh, nice cruise to the finals in, in my eyes, but... Um, nationals we ended up playing them and we we're like they, they've beaten us every time this year and in the past year 17 U, where they won provincials and nationals um so we meet up in the semifinals at nationals and man we the boys just showed up and we we beat them two straight john dunning i think blocked eric Sixno like five times in the second set and we were just going absolutely bananas because it was just so hype we haven't beaten this team and forever so yeah storm is definitely one of the tougher teams um probably the the toughest team and the most like oh we got to play these guys team that uh we had to play in the ova so yeah nice nice and with your year at provincials was that not one of the years they changed the formats where you guys started playing three out of fives like did they not shrink the draw a little bit and change it to more matches or was it just the final that was going to be a three out of five and not a two out of three I believe it was the quarter semis and finals were three out of fives. Um, I'm not sure if that's correct, but that is how I'm remembering things right now. Um, yeah, so we played Niagara Rapids in the quarters, and I think we won 3-1. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure we won 3-1. And then we play Mavs a uh, year younger in the semifinals with like Max Graton, Jacob Berlin, all those guys. Um, and I think it was another 3-1. And then we played Pac-Man in the finals and we lost 3-1. That's how I'm remembering it. But I'm sure some people will correct me if I'm wrong. And to jump ahead of Nationals, um, I, I know you're focused on your own stuff, but when you looked around, like, did it not just feel like Ontario took over the tournament? I think seven of the final eight teams were OVA teams, were they not? Yeah, we were actually the only quarterfinal that played an out-of-province team. It was Seaside with... Uh, you know Luke DeGrief. You coached him at York uh, last year. Um, great guy. And we played that uh, that Seaside team in the quarterfinals. Yeah. But we knew that Ontario was insanely strong um, going into that just because of how, like, Team Ontario performed in, like, in those summers and stuff like that. So we, uh, I think it was, like, pretty known that Ontario was, like, top dogs in our age group. 
Yeah, Most interesting. Throwing at the other provinces, but yeah, no, but for seven of eight, and the other one being a BC team, it just feels weird or or, or unusual that like Manitoba, or Alberta didn't have one team who could reach the quarterfinals. It just seems like such a stacked year for the OVA. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember watching like Shawan's Pac-Man team play at nationals, and they're losing to like these teams from Alberta, and, we're, and I was like, oh man, these Alberta teams are scary. And then I go to nationals, and it's just all the teams that I play at every other tournament. And I'm like, what's going on here? So uh, in your journey, uh, and we will get to beach here in a second, but in your journey, when did post-secondary become an option? And when did you start to look at, do I want a big school, a small school? Do I want to leave the province? Do I want to stay close to home? Like, what were you considering before you finally landed on Windsor? So in 17U, my coach introduced me to the Trent head coach. And I was like super excited because I was thinking about going to post-secondary ever since I was watching uh, Ken Kerr play on the Guelph Griffins um, back in the day. I used to go to those games a decent amount because it was pretty close to home. And I just thought that the level was so high. And I was like, man, I want to be on one of these teams for sure. Um, But yeah, it was in my 17-year year when my club coach introduced me to uh, the head coach of Trent and I thought that was super cool because I had never talked to any post-secondary uh, coach before and then at the Waterloo tournament high school tournament in my grade 12 year uh, Mohawk and Sheridan came up to me and were talking to me about like playing middle for them and I was like uh, I don't know I think I'm done middle after high school personally but then um we actually, Stephen and I actually played a beach match the summer going into grade 12 against Anthony DiGirolamo and Pierce Johnson, big friends of the show. Um, and we ended up beating them in three. And immediately they go into recruitment mode, like, oh, where are you guys thinking of going in uh, the university? And Stephen, Stephen mentioned Windsor because uh, Jake was already kind of guiding him to Gravel at that point. And uh, so they were like, oh, Windsor, oh, super cool. Um, you should definitely uh, get in touch with Gravel. And then Stephen went on his recruitment trip. And then when Stephen came back and we were at club practice, he was like, oh, yeah, Gravel and some of the boys were asking about you. And I was like, they're asking about me? Like, what? He was like, yeah, Pierce and Anthony put in a good word for you, I guess. I was like, oh, okay. And then right as I got home from practice, I emailed James Gravel. And I was like, hey, like... I don't know any programs that I would be interested in, but I'm definitely interested in playing post-secondary. And if I can go to play post-secondary with Steven Abrams, that's just a huge plus because Steven's my boy. And yeah, so that's kind of how that all came into place. And then I was like, oh, send me some film. And then I did that and we kept in touch for a little while. And then ultimately he offered me a spot and I was super thankful. And um yeah, that's kind of how that story went. And how did you finally decide on on the program you wanted to study? Because eventually you would land on, uh, so, sorry if I got the name wrong, but essentially you're like, you're a communications major. So how did you kind of close in on what you wanted to study versus just saying, uh, thanks mom and dad, I'm going to go play volleyball. I don't know what I'm, I'm going to take general arts for four years. Like, um, I landed on communication, media and film because growing up, I always loved watching movies. Like I'm a, I'm a big movie buff. Um, anyone who knows me knows that I can just recite movie lines to them until whenever I could go on forever, just reciting movie lines. Um, I don't know why my brain does that, but it just does. So, 
Um, but yeah, big movie guy and Jay kind of convinced me. I was thinking about doing un, Undeclared first year and kind of like just seeing what I was interested in. And Jake was like, man, like you love movies, you know, you really want to do this communications media film program. And I was like, yeah, you know what? You're, you're right. Uh, I do want to do that program a lot. So, um, yeah, that's how I ended up doing that and, uh, never looked back. I love it. Nice. And I'm not asking for your favorite movie of all time or your favorite movies, but like, give me one or two that like you could watch once a week and never get tired of. Okay, so I'm a big comedy guy, so I'm going to have to say I could watch Dodgeball uh, probably like 50 times in one day and not <laughs> get over it and still laugh every time. Uh, and I think my favorite movie of all time is the first Back to the Future movie. Uh, just ever since I was a kid, just love that movie. Nice, nice. So let, let's take a, a quick sidestep and just jump into your beach stuff. Uh, when did you start realizing what like the OVA beach tour was and that you could play beach in the summer? Like, What kind of got you hooked on the scene? Um, so it was my first year of club, actually. Um, uh, I had heard about the OVA Beach Tour through Josh Pereira, who was really good friends with Stephen Abrams at the time. And Stephen, the summer before that year, him and his partner, Nick Basilio, finished podium at Beach Provincials. And I was like, oh, there's a, there's a beach volleyball uh, going on in the summer. So great. And Josh Pereira and I were like, we should partner up. Like, I'm pretty tall. He's a small, good defender. So let's figure something out here. And then, um, immediately after that, um, he was in touch with Steven Abrams and Steven's brother, Robbie was actually coaching the Georgetown impact beach program, uh, Nashville North. Um, and so I was brought out to a few practices and I met Rob, that's when I met Robbie and Steve for the first time, thought they were beauties. And, uh, yeah. Went to our first tournament, Stephen and Nick were in our pool and we got absolutely slaughtered like 21-3 both sets. So uh, yeah, that was kind of funny, but the game just, I just fell in love with it and kept improving uh, practices and all the tournaments and everything. And it, yeah, it was just great. And take me through your process because I, I would label the Georgetown Cats that you guys compete like crazy, but there's just something about you that you're so welcoming and even to like a point like like social, but not in a bad way where... It, it, it seems like you guys are friends with the whole age group. And don't get me wrong, like you guys are always trying to win the tournament, but hearing stories from like Johnny where he's like, I don't even know these guys, but they're being friendly or they're showing us how it works or like, and you didn't really know Johnny when he got there. And that, he's not the only example. Like I was talking to, um, uh, Kale is killing it at St. Clair this day. I was just talking college with one of our guys before practice and seems like, Oh yeah, I talked to him on the beach tour. I know him and his brother pretty well. I was like, how do you just know everybody in our age group or some people try to put the blinders on and be all business. It seems like you guys are, are like, to me, the appropriate amount of like competitive, but also friendly to everybody around. Well, I mean, I always grew up wanting to make friends. Like I never really like disliked anybody that I've came across. So I figured like, Hey, there's a lot of people who have an interest in volleyball. I have an interest in volleyball. So let's be friends with these people, but also try and beat them every time we play them. Um, I don't know what it is. It's just, uh, Steven and Robbie always had that mentality where they're like really, really good guys off the court, but on the court, it's, it's business. Like they're trying to beat you. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's just always, it's just been a part of us, I guess. Uh, don't know how else to put it. Nice. So you you find your way onto the OVA Beach Tour. How did you find your way into a trials and a chance to represent Canada? Because even though you went to U21 Worlds, uh, it was actually, you were, you were quite young. I think you were 18 or 17 turning 18 that summer. 
yeah, I was turning 18 that summer. I actually had to write an English exam in the hotel uh, for grade 12 English uh, that year. Um, so the year before U21s, we did the U19 trials. And Jake McNeil was like really well-versed with all of us, um, like coaching at uh, the beach and everything. Um, so uh, he kind of introduced me, Stephen, Josh Pereira, and John Dunning to these trials. And he was like, if you come top two in these trials, you get to go on a trip and compete at the world stage. And we're like, that sounds awesome. So um, in U19s, I competed with Josh Pereira, and we lost in the quarters. And then after that, um, Jake had individual meetings with all of us and was kind of just like, long story short, Josh Tamukas, you're playing with Steve for next season. And I was like, all right, sounds good. Because he was our coach. I'm not going to fight this or anything. Like, JP's a great guy, but I'd love to play with Steve. Um, so then Steve and I, once the next year comes, we're like, we're going to train our asses off for, sorry, can I say that? That, that <laughs> one's okay. That one will keep us uh, in the good books with uh, Apple Music or, or uh, Apple Podcast. Excuse me. Anything worse, I'll have to edit it. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. So we knew that we were going to have to train our asses off to qualify for this world event because uh, last, the year before that, we were like, we were not ready for the challenge. So Stephen and I, after school, like, I think it was like pretty late at night, we would go to Beach Blast where Jake worked and was doing training sessions. And we were like, this is great. So we're going to go to Beach Blast um, and train. I think it was like once or twice a week after school so we started doing that and then these trials come up and we go through some battles we actually came third in the trials um however the team that came second was cole katrzynski and his partner was cole Irwin. and cole katrzynski had indoor national team stuff going on at the time because he was just nasty um and cole Irwin was like i don't really want to find another partner so josh and steve we we just got to we got to go. We took the Canada two spot, and I'm super thankful that we did. Uh, yeah, that was, that's pretty much it. And what was that concept like? Because it is pretty unforgiving to make a trip to Thailand uh, and play in a qualification match to even get in the tournament, right? Or like, was that anything that was hard to comprehend as a young athlete? Being like, what do you mean we're in the tournament, but I have to like win a couple games before I'm in the tournament? Well, I always knew that there was. Like I always knew like the setup because of uh, Robbie's uh, qualifications in Lucerne and Jake kind of gave us the whole rundown of how the tournament was going to um, go. So we knew that we were going to be in a qualifier. We didn't know who we were going to play though. Um, but I, I always think of myself as a good traveler. So the travel wasn't too bad. It was pretty long, but I don't know. I'm a patient guy, so I could keep myself entertained. Um, but the qualification meeting comes up and they're going through like the list of teams and who they're going to play. And they come up to Canada and we're like, come on, please like give us like, give us like Uruguay or something, something that we know is winnable. And they're like, Canada, you're playing against Brazil. And we're like, Oh, great. Brazil, the absolute powerhouse. Okay. So they go into this uh, match against Brazil and, um, kind of funny playing in the OVA everyone served me because everyone knew that Steven would just carve them up with his uh with his uh small ball game and uh 
But then we come to this uh, Brazil team and they're serving Steven because he's shorter. And Steven is just absolutely balling out, chipping off this guy's hands. Like we're in the match. And I think uh, it comes to like, I don't know, like the tech. So I think they were up like 11, 10 at the tech. And then it just went downhill from there. Um, they were still serving Steven, but they were just digging him and blocking him way better. And we ended up losing the match, I think like 21, I want to say like 16 or 21, like 17, both sets. So that was tough. Um, but then we were like, well, I mean, we got the training courts in the morning and in the evenings, so we can still just play volleyball in Thailand until we have to leave. So this is great. But yeah, just an incredible experience in, uh, in Thailand. Um, another story I want to get into that I'm surprised Johnny didn't bring up in his previous episode, but it was the uh, blockers versus defenders match, uh, the Canada blockers against the Canada defenders match in Thailand. So both of us were out. Um, I think Johnny and Ben lost to Cuba in the pre-pre-quarter uh, or pre-quarter, something like that. So we were both out and we were just kind of like playing on the uh, practice course, just having a little match and you were like, what if we just did blockers against defenders? And uh, funny, uh, Adriana Bento, who was coaching uh, one of the women's teams that was with us, was like, oh, the defenders always win that match. The defenders always win. And uh, Johnny and I looked at it and we were like, all right, we'll, we'll see about that. And Johnny and I, we were down like big in the first set. I think we were down like 19 to 14. So uh, five points, not that much, but I mean, Closing in on the end of the set, it, it seems like it's pretty much over. But then we just gained this mentality of like, oh, you know, we've been down by worse. And uh, just Johnny was absolutely setting me up some sauce. And they were peeling on us because they didn't have much of a block. So I was just pounding the ball. And we ended up winning the first set, 21-19. And Steven just looked livid. He was so upset. So, <laughs> um, And I, I've never seen Steven look that angry in my life. Um, so we were like, okay, we were serving Ben that whole set. I really don't want Steven to be mad at me for the rest of this trip. Let's let's serve Steven this set. Let's be nice. So we're serving Steven in the second set. And then yeah, they ended up beating us. And then uh, in the third set, we're like, okay, no mercy. We gave them that set. No mercy now. We're going to win this. And then we ended up uh, walkers over defenders. Uh, big dub in the third set. I think it was 15-12 or something. But I was defending full time. because. I don't know. I felt like I had more of a build for it. And Johnny was an absolute monster. So still is. Um, but yeah, that was kind of a little funny story that I'm surprised no one told for the Thailand trip, the blockers versus defenders, legendary match. Yeah. I can see uh, why Steve maybe didn't bring that one up, but I'm a little disappointed. Johnny never brought that up. Uh, I'm glad these rivalries keep popping up here. And then uh, just one other event I want to get your version of, because uh, just looking back through our records, it's pretty gnarly to think about, but uh, Canada Cup for Indoor has been a tradition, and I think they've done a great job with it, and, and obviously everybody seems to go to it every year, but the Beach Canada Cup has never really gotten off the ground, and I looked it up again. Uh, Johnny played with Ben. You played with Steven. Max Loger played with another cat. Uh, Sam Elgert was there. Luke DeGrief was there. Uh, Yoan, no, Yoan wasn't there, but Guillaume played with Jer. Like, I'm just looking down this list and be like, Half the kids who ended up playing in this random tournament we were on on the side of like the Edmonton three star ended up on the national team. And I was like, it, it didn't feel that way in the moment to me, but maybe it did to you. Like when you got there, did it feel different than an OVA tournament? Like, did it feel like this was like a, a pretty high caliber event at the time? Oh, for sure. Um, like 
just looking around at some of the guys that were playing, like I know we played uh, Sam Elgar in the semifinals and this guy was just absolutely thumping balls like I've never seen before. He was jumping, like he was springing off the sand. Um, and I'd never seen a guy jump like that before. So I thought that was really incredible. And uh, just like getting to know some of the athletes, like that's when I kind of like first got introduced to Luke Degree. If they were staying in the same spot as us and we were like, there was one night where we were just eating pizza and watching Black Mirror with some of the, with some of the BC teams and we were like, oh, this is awesome. Um, but other than that, it seemed like a super high caliber event, even though Ontario, I think, swept and got all three, all, all podiums. Um, but yeah, just looking at some of the athletes, it was like, wow, this is legit. And I loved that event as well because it, it correlated perfectly with the Edmonton Three Star. So we got to see like a world tour event at the same time as we were competing in an event. And yeah, that was like watching some of like Casey Patterson, who I was a big fan of uh, growing up, uh, coming on the beach scene. I got to meet him and watch him play. And I thought that that was just super awesome. Uh, yeah, that Edmonton uh, Canada Cup was definitely a great memory. Yeah, because you kind of had a head start, obviously, being around the beach scene, knowing that, like, you know, Robbie Abrams had been to a Worlds, Jake was on the national team, went to Worlds, but was it extra cool to go to that FIB event and just kind of see other teams there? Because uh, I know, obviously, Canada did very well. I think Ben and Grant finished second there, but just seeing some international cats, like, were you a fan of volleyball and recognized guys? I know you just mentioned Casey there, but was there anyone else there that you saw in person? You're like, well, this is so cool. I like, I You don't get to see too much high-level beach in Canada, especially at that time, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean... Um, I didn't know that there was a team in Lithuania, but like my whole dad's side is uh, Lithuanian. So I thought it was super cool to see the Lithuanian flag at a beach volleyball event. And I uh, went and said hi to them and they were like, oh, you speak Lithuanian? And I was like, oh, a little bit. Um, but yeah, that was really cool. And then I recognized a lot of the American teams just from watching like DDP, um on YouTube and stuff from like the McKibben bros. Because uh, that was like a huge thing for beach volleyball for me was just watching uh, their content. I thought it was great. Um, so I recognized like Stafford Slick was in that tournament, Chase Budinger, uh, Casey Patterson, like I mentioned before, but, uh, yeah, definitely some, uh, some cool names that I, uh, got to see play. It was uh, pretty awesome. And of course I got to see Jake and Will play, which is, uh, always a good time. Nice. Nice. So to switch gears once more and go back to your university of Windsor days, uh, you having a, a, I wouldn't say July's late, but having a later birthday, uh, it created the opportunity where I believe you redshirted your very first year and actually got to play an extra year club. Is that, is, am I remembering this right? Yeah. Um, I got to play for Sky Volley uh, 18U with the other redshirt uh, from our year, Alexis Simovich. He's not on our team anymore. He's uh, going to become a doctor. So um, good for him. Um, yeah, so uh, I redshirted in my first year because I was kind of a string bean, didn't have much muscle on me, didn't uh, have like the biggest jump or anything. Um, so Cravel was like, you're one of the boys, like, don't worry, like, you're still going to practice, train with everyone, and like, you're getting the full experience. But I just feel like it's good for you to get like an extra year of eligibility so you can develop this year. And I was like, yeah, that's great. And then he comes up to me like a week later and he was like, um, so I figured out that you're allowed to play, uh, for sky for, uh, this year. And I was like, really? Like, I would love to like right away. Like you didn't even have to ask. I was like, I'm, I'm in. Um, and that's when I met uh, coach Ryan Lecknoise, who was an alumni for, uh, the university of Windsor. His dad is actually the coach of RMC. 
Um, and yeah, that was a great year. Um, we qualified for the Grand Prix and then right before the Grand Prix happened, locked out. So we didn't play in the Grand Prix and that's when our team was really starting to buzz. So, uh, kind of unfortunate that we didn't get a showing at the Grand Prix, but, uh, yeah, um, kind of a funny little, uh, story there that I got to play a 19 new year club. So yeah, it was good. So obviously red shirting is pretty tough. I mean, you, you do want to put on strength and you want just want to train and, and not have like the stress of matches that you can just kind of be a, a full-time athlete there, but, uh, getting the chance to play club. I'm just wondering, was that different socially for you too? Cause you're kind of like, guys, I'm a varsity athlete and here I am playing club at that time. Sky really wasn't that established, especially on the boys side. Right. So what was the first impression of like, were you discouraged at all? Were you super excited for the opportunity to go play club again? A little bit of both. I mean, I was really excited. And then uh, we pulled up to our first tournament at Queens and I see coaches that I've played against before. And they're like, what's that kid doing? Like he, he's on the university of Windsor, like pointing me out and stuff like, and I had to explain to them, like, it's actually a rule. Like I'm not technically on the team on the roster. So, um, I'm technically allowed to play, which was like, I don't know. A lot of people look at it as scouting, but it's just an opportunity for me to play. So I, I, I took it, but yeah, it was definitely, um, a little weird, different feeling, but it was, overall great like that sky team i'm still friends with a lot of them to this day so just it was good i liked it a lot nice and as you continue on your career with the university of windsor how have you kind of adjusted to just kind of filling in a role like uh i'll let you speak for yourself obviously but my read is you're kind of the the outside hitter who can plug in you can play you can go get the team a block you can go hammer a bunch of serves you're having a heck of a serving sub year right now you, you can play uh, obviously like you play all six rotations against certain teams like what's that like going through and helping the team prepare to get well but knowing that you're going to have like a certain situation like Ravel's going to call you upon that you're going to be like a bit of a specialist at times right yeah so right now my role is a serving sub uh, i come in most like pretty much every game every set when the opportunity arises, Gravel's just like, Tim, you go serve for uh, this middle. I'm like, okay. Um, I've always been a big team first guy. Um, I'm not too big on like personal achievements. Like I don't really look at stats too much or anything like that. Um, I'm just worried about getting the job done as a team. So I think that Gravel recognized that and he recognized that my serve was improving a little lot. And, um, I'm better at defense than maybe all of our middles. I don't want to put Darian <laughs> on blast at all, but maybe all of our middles. Um, but no, uh, yeah, I, I love my role. Um, a lot of people would, on the outside looking in, would be like, oh, that must be so tough coming in off the bench cold to just put in a tough serve. But I mean, once you do it enough times, you, you get used to it. Uh, I've, like all the nerves are kind of out of me now when uh, my name gets called. Um, yeah, a uh, big, just uh, trying to help the team in any way that I can. And how do you like to approach training in terms of you want to make it really difficult on the guys who are probably going to get the starting nod that weekend, uh, but still find a role to like support them. You know what I mean? Like in practice when they're setting up the drills, I don't know how uh, Gravel likes to do it, but uh, I imagine you're in there to make things as difficult for everybody around you as possible. So how do you flip that switch from being like when it's practice time, we're going to compete and we're going to battle, but you're also going to support and be a team first guy. I mean, I think that goes back to like the whole Georgetown being friends with everybody, but also being able to compete at a high level. Like 
I, I go into practice and I'm trying to win every drill and I'm trying to beat everybody. Like that's a given. And I feel like that should be a given for anyone else uh, who's uh, training at a high level. Um, but yeah, I think the best way to prepare and be a team guy is to try and beat the starting guys to the best of my abilities. Um, I think just preparing them for the grind that they're about to ensue on the weekend uh, is the best way that I can help them in our training sessions because um, there are like, I don't think the OUA has been this even on the men's side in forever. Like it's always been like, one team's always at the top and then the rest are just like, who's going to come second and third. Right. So, um, the OUA is like super even right now. And they're like each game as Gravel says, it's going to be a coin flip. Like we don't know who's going to win. So I think that just like battling, uh, every practice and giving the starting guys like an absolute grind, uh, is the best way to, uh, prepare them for the weekend ahead. Yeah. COVID certainly shifted, well, the, the world here, but in a very specific volleyball sense, that COVID year really changed the OUA. And as a selfish guy at York, like we lost Tahi, who was our absolute horse. And I look around the league and, you know, Sam Cooper graduates and you guys were no exception. You guys lose uh, Zach Albert, Steven, Anthony, like you lose some big starting pieces. So just let me in behind the scenes what's going on at Windsor that you guys lose uh, a big character guy like Anthony was, I, I think, the captain and a big contributor. Steve obviously played a huge role on the team. I know Zach was a bit of a rental, but was definitely your point scoring horse last year. Like, what's it like losing three absolute studs and still being right there in the mix in the hunt to host another home playoff game and have a shot at nationals? I mean, those guys uh, are going to be my friends for life. Uh, absolutely love all, all, all three of those guys. Uh, Anthony playing in Denmark right now, missing a bunch. Uh, get to see Steven uh, a couple of weekends a year. He was actually down this weekend watching us play Western. So it was super nice to see him. And uh, Zach is actually still in Windsor finishing up school. He's just out of eligibility, so he can't play. So I get to see Zach quite a bit, which is awesome. Um but yeah, losing those three guys was definitely a hit on our team for sure. But I mean, it just gave other guys who are going to fill those spots fuel to compete and to do even better than they're expected of at practice and in games. Um, like Marcus has taken on the role of starting setter, uh, like in a, in a great way. Like I haven't seen anyone compete harder than him ever. Um, but, uh, I, well, I haven't practiced with anyone who's competed harder than him ever. Um, but yeah, just, um, so there's not really any secret sauce. We just come in and work hard every single practice at every single lift or any sort of conditioning that we have to do. We grind it out. And, um, Gravel, I've always considered as kind of a volleyball wizard. Like he's just super knowledgeable about the sport and really good for, the development of players and training them on how to win on our team because like that's what it comes down to is how well can our team work together to beat everyone else and i think that's one team that our, or one thing that our team is really good at is um we are essentially a family like in my opinion like i have a family uh in georgetown and i have a family in windsor which is the windsor lancers men's volleyball team yeah, just a uh, great leadership from the coaching staff and uh, everyone 
and the locker room has their own leadership style that they contribute to the team. Um, and yeah, I'm super thankful for everyone who has been a part of the team since I've been here and who is a part of this current team that we have now. Awesome, man. Awesome. I, I know Queens is hosting, uh, so a, a little bit of hometown pride there to hopefully play in front of family and friends. Uh, I know you got a chance to do that last year because uh, I believe it was at Mac last year. So hopefully you guys can yeah. make nationals a regular thing. Maybe not at the expense of my York Lions. I, I know we got a couple <laughs> games left in the regular season here, but uh, yeah, you guys have, have been hitting pretty hard. And I know you you made the joke earlier before we started recording that you seem to split with everybody. Well, it, I think that just shows how good the competition is in the OUA that there isn't a free weekend and you guys are battling. So uh, best of luck, uh, except for this upcoming weekend when you play York, but uh, always enjoy seeing you do well. Uh, one tradition we've made on the show here just before I let you go is just to tell a funny or unique story. So you've told some some great ones tonight. I was hoping maybe you got one more in your bag before we let you go. Yeah, definitely. I put some thought into this because I knew that this was coming. So, uh, um, so grade eleven, uh, I'm on on the high school uh, GDHS team. We are playing at the Chatham tournament, the Chatham Kent Secondary School tournament, which is just like a tradition that our uh, senior team did every year which was and it was super awesome because we got to stay in a hotel so uh john dunning was like talking to some of the grade 12s and he was like i think i might bring a, a panini press to the hotel so we can make some paninis and the grade 12s are like that sounds like a great idea like we'll get the supplies you bring the panini press and we're gonna chef it up in our room and we're like oh yeah this is awesome so um we're making the we're making some of these paninis and it is just smoking so much out of the panini press. So we need to move it to the bathroom, turn on the fan, uh, get everything going. So like to circulate some uh, AC. And then all of a sudden the smoke alarms are going off in the hotel. And we're like, oh no, what did we just do? And then <laughs> funny thing, we're, we're like walking down to the lobby because that's where uh, everyone was going because of the fire alarms going off. And these two random guys who we had never seen before just walking past like, what is that smell? It smells fantastic in here. Just smelling the paninis. So <laughs> it was great. Um, apparently it wasn't us that started the smoke alarms, which was great. Apparently other teams were doing stuff in their rooms that they shouldn't have been doing. So their coach was like, yeah, you guys were doing bad stuff. So we're getting, we're, we're leaving. We're going home. They, they pulled out of the tournament. And then we asked our coach, we were like, if it was us who caused the smoke alarm with the paninis, would you have taken this out? He was like, man, that panini was so delicious. I'm not taking this out for that. So that, that's that's my funny story. Not really volleyball related, but it was at a volleyball tournament. And I thought that that was a good one that I wanted to bring up. So That is amazing. Thank you. And I, yeah, I can just imagine being the coach or the teacher there. And you're like, oh, smoke alarm. Like, I hope the athletes weren't doing anything stupid. Like, obviously, like smoking or doing something like illegal that, you know, you yeah. got to get parents, principals involved. It's like, our guys were making sandwiches and it was delicious. Yeah, we, we were just making some, we were just making some grilled cheeses, man. Like, <laughs> Oh, that's another Georgetown cat. We got to get on the show soon and get John Dunning to, to add some stories here because, uh, yeah, you guys just got got a good thing going there. You got a good circle of friends who all love volleyball and you're all killing it in your own way. So thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all that you did. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it.